Hello and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magali on a Journey. I'm your host, Magali Matthew. Here we cover all things vitality, that is living full of energy. From gut health to spirituality, nutrition to movement, we peel back the layers and unlock ways to heal and feel our best selves, one conscious habit at a time. Stick around, let's dive on in. I'm so excited you're here. Hello, my beautiful friends. I am so excited for you to be here for another episode of Unlock Your Vitality. I am currently recording the little intro in bed, (laughs) which is something I've never done before and um, lets you know my level of energy. I feel so grateful and just so blessed from last Saturday, so a few days ago. I held my Unlock Your Vitality launch party and it was so beautiful and I poured my heart and soul into it and so and then after had a really busy weekend with a lot of other things going on. And so this morning I am in need of resting. <laughs> um but the event was I just wanted to share before I introduce our amazing guests and um this week's episode. I yeah, it was just so beautiful. It was so affirming. I shared the program that I'm going to be launching in January and had so many people interested. It was just a really, really, honestly, a moment that unlocked my vitality. It was super special and I feel really grateful that I made it happen and that all of you who showed up were there, anybody who wasn't there physically but who really shared their love and presence energetically. So yeah, I'm really, really grateful and I'm excited for this week's episode. So you'll actually hear that technically this was meant to come out on 11-1, so November 1st, which we you'll hear at one point we talk about how 111 is such a magic number. I decided to make this episode come out a few weeks after in the end because I felt like we had had a lot of episodes in a row about finding your purpose. Um, and I didn't want this to be like in the shadows of that. And I wanted to really stand on its own because Hannah and Sarah are two amazingly powerful, beautiful women. I was so grateful to be on their podcast, Mindfully Moody. I originally met Sarah in the Bay Area in San Francisco at a women's event. And then she came and we did Reiki together and it just felt like we connected. And then when I saw that her and Hannah had a podcast and I started listening to a few episodes, I really loved it right away. And I really wanted to have them on. And so I was lucky enough to be on their podcast a few weeks ago. You can go and check out Mindfully Moody to listen to that episode. I'll also add it in the show notes and listen to any other episodes there. They did this beautiful connecting to the feminine energy um, series, which is really, really beautiful. I highly recommend. But yeah, let's dive into it. Um, so Sarah, I was telling you about, I know, and I met in person. She's a life coach. She'll, she's a multifaceted, 
beautiful human being with so many qualities. She's currently in really big transitions in her life right now as well. We talk about that. Sadly, she's left San Francisco, but she is thriving in her new life in Florida. And Hannah is an intuitive business consultant and mentor, and she helps people tap into their dream lives. Um, I was lucky enough to have a short session with Hannah and I can't recommend her enough. It was so powerful, even the short time that we spent together. Um, but yeah, she really helps you connect to your business desires and just your dream life through mindset, intuition, and business strategy. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the show. I'm so, so excited to have very special guests today. We've got Hannah and Sarah. I am going to start off with letting them introduce themselves um, for you guys to get to know them better, and we're going to dive into some really exciting, juicy questions. So let's just get started. Sarah, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Yes. Hello. First of all, thank you so much for hosting us. We are so excited to be here. We are also podcasters. We host a podcast called Mindfully Moody. And I feel like our paths just kind of mesh together. So we're so grateful to be here. So I'm Sarah. I am the stage of my life. I'm like, I am just a dynamic, multidimensional woman right now. <laughs> I am doing so many different things. I am a life coach. I just left my corporate job of nine years to join my family business, which is an art gallery. And I just moved across the country. I'm deeply spiritual in my feminine queen era right now. And yeah, oh my gosh, I'm like multidimensional for sure. I have so much going on. <laughs> But yeah, we're also podcasters as well, and we cross over so many similar topics, self-growth, spirituality, um, health. So yeah, thank you so much for having us on. I love it. Thank you for being on. Uh, we'll definitely get into the podcast and how both of you met, but I've been seeing your current series on like connecting to the divine feminine. I'm loving that. It's amazing. Um, I think we can all use more of that. Before we get into it, Hannah, tell us a little bit more about you. Hello, everyone. I'm Hannah. Yes, thank you so much for having us on this podcast. It's just so amazing to come together and connect with women and have these amazing conversations. So grateful for this. Where do I start? I am uh, an intuitive business strategist and mentor, specifically helping people activate their dream lives and dream businesses through mindset, intuition, and business strategy. And uh, my work, my passions have been developing all throughout my life, but really stemming from just like not feeling so good about myself and really wanting to create a life better for myself. So that is like really where all of my passions align is feeling into my heart feeling into what is meant for me in my life, working on self-development, tapping into my spirituality and using my intuition as a guiding light to drive my life and uh, create my dream life. So just been on this journey the past three, four years of tapping into her and it's been beautiful. So yeah, I'm so excited to be here and have this conversation. I love it. 
I think we all can use more of tapping into our intuition. And I feel like a lot of what we're going to talk about today is the journey of getting closer to who you're meant to be and what it looks like to take steps to get there. And I think intuition is such a big part of it. And there's no coincidence that this, I was like, oh, when is this episode coming out? And I like put the dates as I write it uh, before guests come and it's coming out on 11 one um which 111 all about amazing <laughs> yes amazing 11 yeah. 11 is my spiritual number so love that love ones <laughs> yes ones are yes. so special um so i'd love to know actually how you two met and how you started creating this beautiful podcast of yours Okay, I'll share how we met, and then maybe you can say about the podcast. It's so funny. So Sarah and I, we both moved to San Francisco in our 20s, and uh, we both had these like dreams to move to the West Coast, move to California, and we did it. We didn't know each other at the time. I was coming from Wisconsin. She was coming from Florida, and I think both of us were really looking for like a best friend. Like We really were craving that friendship, and we were in our kind of like party era, and uh, we were living, living deep in the San Francisco lifestyle. <laughs> and uh, we actually met on a Facebook group because we were looking for roommates. And uh, that's actually how we built our connection. We had this love for music that we bonded over on the Facebook post. And uh, we met and uh, it didn't end up working out that we were going to live together. But we just were like created this like mm-hmm. unseparable bond and it was so beautiful, divine, so grateful for this yes. friendship. And we eventually did live together, just not right away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Such a journey. It's so crazy because, you know, you can have so many different friends in your life that are kind of friends of seasons and like you're in this certain part of your life and you connect really deeply to them um at that point and then maybe your journeys kind of go in different directions and you know friendship fades but we have just both been on like the same evolving journey from you know we were 24 when we met to now 31 wow seems like a long time when i say that wow but how we started mindfully moody was we were having so many conversations amongst each other about self-growth, spirituality, and we both kind of had spiritual awakenings at a similar time. And even when we were early in San Francisco, we would do some spiritual stuff. But really over the last, I would say, let's say three years ago, it started to like really ramp up and we would just talk and talk and talk about all the types of topics that we talk about on our podcast And we would be on video, like going back and forth with each other. And we were like, we should start a podcast. (laughs) Like, we want to share this with other people. (laughs) Wouldn't that be so cool? And it took us a while to really like step into it because there were so many, this could be a whole episode in itself, like limiting beliefs in that, you know, are people going to like what we have to say? Are we in a place to even step into this kind of conversation. You know, do we know enough? Are we far along enough in our journeys? And eventually we just said, who cares? We want to do it. And we think that we're going to resonate with the people that are meant to resonate with us. And now we've been at it for almost two years. 
Yay. I love that. So beautiful. I also feel like my journey is so similar to yours in that I also came to San Francisco. I was 23, 24, and I'm also 31 now. And it was like a huge Saturn return is what I think a lot of us went through, right? In that time of like spiritual awakening. So I feel like it's no coincidence that we also met around this time and that we, I think, have a similar trajectory in terms of the career transitions, even though they happened, you know, differently. We were in things before that were very different into uh, where we're going into now. But I feel super grateful and lucky to also have met you both and have you on right now. So let's get into those career transitions. I think that it's funny. I was just writing a newsletter about it because I had a conversation uh, with uh, my co-founders from my previous startup today, and it made me remember all of the nudges that were happening before I made the decision. And my decision was one that, you know, from the moment I made it to leaving was like less than a year, but to get to like, hey, I'm leaving and this is what I'm doing took like years, really years of me knowing and kind of just pushing that intuition away and being like, yeah, like, okay, I see you, but no, not right now. Um, What were some of the nudges and maybe also explaining what you were doing before and what throughout that career, the different nudges that came at you and that were like, hey, you know, hey, (laughs) Hannah, hey, Sarah, start listening to this. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely had a lot of nudges coming in different magical forms. So as I moved to San Francisco and I graduated college, I got a job in a new tech company. And I started rising in that company and working as a product manager. And uh, during that time, I think as I was working there for five years, I just felt like so much anxiety of Mm -hmm. like going and showing up to that job and just like feeling this sense of misalignment. But then like my brain was like, you know, this is what you do. This is what society tells you to do. You're climbing the ladder at this company. You're making good money. You're working in the tech world in San Francisco. Like on paper, it looked amazing. But I just constantly felt that thing that's like the anxiety coming up that was like telling me like, this isn't right. This isn't right. And so I decided to leave that company after like five and a half years of working my way up and building these relationships. And I got a new job as a senior product manager at another tech company. But this one was more aligned with my quote unquote passions and purpose. I was working at Like to Know It, which is like an influencer marketing kind of platform. And I was like, I'm going to be working with influencers, like fashion, beauty, like this is it. Like I was so excited when I got that job. And then I got the job and the same feelings were coming up. Mm. I was feeling anxious. And then I was starting to feel like depressed because I'm like, I'm so unhappy. I'm not living my life. I'm living in fear. I'm like living for the weekend. And then there was that cycle of going out and drinking and then feeling depressed. And it was just constantly like during that time I worked at this, this last company for like three or four months, my intuition was screaming at me and my fear was trying to quiet it. But it was like, every day. This is not for you. This is not for you. This is not for you. And uh, I knew it wasn't for me. And I actually woke up and uh, started listening to that. I went to this retreat called Comfort Zone Retreats. It was a 24-hour retreat. And it's all about tapping into 
fear and what holds you back and preventing you from living the life that you're meant to live. And in that 24 hours, I had the craziest transformation where I just woke up and I said, I'm not listening to fear anymore. And I'm listening to my intuition. And Mm -hmm. one week later, I quit my job and uh, been on this (laughs) business journey since. So it was more of a slow nudge for me. But then when I I made the decision, it was overnight where I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. I quit. I'm making a new decision to live a new life and live for myself and do something that makes me feel excited. So yeah, the nudge has come in lots of different forms, but I'm so grateful I finally listened to the nudge and followed my intuition because now I'm here having my own business and just like loving what I do and loving life and it feels mm. so good. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious, what about that 24-hour retreat gave you whatever it was that you weren't able to give yourself before that made you be like, okay, now I'm awake. Now there's like no way that I can ignore this. Yeah. I had this conversation with a guy that just this one conversation really shook me because I went within the intention of like, I want to quit my job and telling people like speaking it out loud to a group of 35 people. And so people were talking to me about it. And this guy's like, what's the worst that could happen? (laughs) And I really thought about it. And I'm like, you know, my brain is going to like, I'm going to be on the street. I'm not going to be able to afford my rent. And he's like, and what if that happens? You're going to have community. You have family. So then I started thinking about, okay, what if the worst case scenario did happen? Would I be able to survive that? Yeah, I would. And it just started getting me in this opportune mindset of being able to have that conversation with someone who experienced it and saw it and you know, knew that I would be able to survive even if my worst nightmares came true. And really people saw me and like supported me. I think that was a lot to do with it. Mm, Yeah, I love that. Like being able to realize that even if the worst thing happens, it's really going to be okay. And you're going to figure it out on the other side. And then I'm sure that this happened too. It's like once you're like, okay, yes, I'm doing it, then things just start coming into place in a way that you're like, oh, actually there's this thing and there's this opportunity and turns out I'm not on the streets. Yes, 100%. I love that. What about you, Sarah? What were some of the nudges that you felt? So I also um, was working in, you know, corporate America, not a startup, but um, I was working in advertising, a a huge advertising agency in in my career, um, the first about six years of my career. And it was so high pressure, so stressful but I had completely conditioned myself like similar to what Hannah was saying to, well, yeah, this is how it's supposed to be. And like, maybe like all of this stress means that like I'm succeeding and almost like, I feel like my nervous system got like just conditioned and almost like addicted to in a way, these kind of high highs and low lows that I experienced during that time. And I rose quite quickly in the company and I had kind of like, I came home to Florida when I was living in San Francisco at the time during COVID. And I was like, okay, kind of similar as well to Hannah of like, maybe it's just not this company and this thing. So I should get a new job. So I spent like five months interviewing at all these big corporations and I got a job in marketing And probably like three months in, I had like a complete like 
okay, yeah, this this is not what I expected it would be. It's not making me similar to Hannah. This is not making me feel better. I actually feel worse in a way because I got to the next place and I still realize that like I'm significantly misaligned with this. So I started, yeah, getting the nudges as well in terms of like, you know, kind of slight in the beginning. There has to be something more than this. This cannot be what you're going to be doing until you're 65 years old. And as I started my deeper journey with self-growth, spirituality, I realized like how that made me feel. It made me feel so much more fulfilled. It made me feel more grounded and comfortable. And it felt like I was aligning with my purpose. I kind of started to realize, okay, maybe I want to do something within this realm, but I didn't really know what. And I was still working in the corporate marketing job. And then I I went to a retreat as well. This is your sign. If you're listening to this, go to a retreat. (laughs) Changes your life. So I went to a retreat and I kind of started getting this like, okay, maybe I want to be a coach. Like I started to feel into what that would be. And then I actually came home and I embarked on like a four month, very in-depth coaching program, like myself being coached and coming out of that, like as I was in that, I had so many nudges of like, I remember I would be on calls with my coach and I would see her reacting to me. And I was like, I want to be her. Like, I want to do this. You know, she would be Mm. like beaming with excitement for my growth and just so supportive of me. And I, to see someone in the place that you envision yourself in, like, it just opened my eyes. Like, okay, that's it. I want to be a life coach. I want to help people on their journeys. And I left that or finished that program. And I started a life coaching certification program that I'm still in. And I took a little bit longer to leave my corporate job because I really plotted it out. I also wanted to move back to Florida. Um, So I didn't do like an immediate cutoff, which was hard because I literally knew that I was going to quit for almost like a year before I actually quit. But now that I am gone, I am like, same, you know, so grateful that I followed my intuition, the nudges that told me like, there is more, there is more, there is more because now exactly I'm here and now I get to do what's truly aligned Mm. with me. Yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that both of your stories have similarities, but also differences in the way that you ended up uh, listening and taking action from those nudges. The retreat piece I think is so important because I think it does two things. It allows you to be quiet and like actually listen, whether, you know, it's a 24 hour retreat and like, even if it's like in a yoga studio or in a yoga center, or if it's mine personally was in the Amazon rainforest in Ecuador, being able to have that deep, just rest and, and quiet and listen makes such a big difference to being able to hear the intuition. And I had this like trouble of what's anxiety, what's intuition? How do I know if like this anxiety and this like stress is just because I'm overworked and I'm too stressed and like a vacation will make it go away versus 
the intuition that is like the slow whisper and that really can speak to you in moments of quiet so much more easily than, yeah, in your day-to-day when you're like also just tired after work and you might put on Netflix or whatever to to let go. Mm. Yes, I agree so much. And I had to do so much. I remember Hannah and I talking about this as well. So much like distinguishing between like what is my intuition and like what is fear, what is programming and like how do I differentiate between those things? Because our minds are so strong with like the patterns and beliefs of our past, you know, that like you can sometimes mistake those for intuition if you don't know kind of how to distinguish. So I feel like that was maybe part of the reason that I didn't listen to nudges for so long because I didn't really know what they were necessarily. So once I was able to Mm -hmm. be like, oh, wait, that's like my higher self. That's, you know, source coming through me, telling me this is my path. There was actually such a relief in that too, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in a comfort and being able to like, let go. And I think the other part is sometimes you talked about this of seeing somebody doing something you want. Like sometimes it can come in a sense of like envy or maybe even some kind of jealousy, right? Of being like, oh, I wish I could have Mm. their life. That could be intuition speaking to you. Yeah. I definitely experienced that as well. Like as I was leaving my tech job where I felt like I was disconnected to my intuition because the fear was way too loud that it was like overshadowing the intuitive thought. So I think for me as a person, I, I almost needed that clear cutoff where I'm like, I'm shutting down the fear for now, even though fear of not having a job and not knowing what your purpose and passion is comes in. I was able to like compartmentalize that kind of fear since I quit. And then I was able to really have that opening of the heart after I left the job and saying like, okay, <laughs> source, universe, God, like higher self guide me. I'm open. I took that blind leap of faith. And sometimes that's what you need, right? Is that blind leap of faith, even though things don't maybe make sense logically, but that trust and knowing yourself and then it delivers and it did deliver. And I feel like as you continue to listen to your intuition and follow that light, it will always deliver to you. Hmm. Yeah, that's beautifully said. I'm curious, what are some of the spiritual practices that you're both continuing to use as tools to whether it's like connect to that intuition or, you know, you said, Hannah, like, okay, like guide me. Is it literally just like speaking it out? Do you meditate? What are some of the ways that you connect to that? Yeah, for me, a practice that I've been doing a lot is like energy work and energy clearing. So I've been like, working with intuitive energetic healers, like working under them, they're my clients. So I've kind of learned their intuitive practices and been able to do like energy work on myself. So sometimes it looks like me doing legs up on the wall, laying down on the ground and like literally just channeling, like envisioning a pool of golden white light pouring into my crown chakra and like pouring throughout my body and then bringing it back up. That's one like that I've been using a lot is just doing that energy clearing to like try to release and then welcome in. But also meditation, I think, is such a beautiful practice that always brings me back to my heart. Just having silence, you know, not having my phone, not listening to a podcast, silence with myself Mm -hmm. 
just to hear like, okay, and set the intent, like, okay, what, what needs to come through right now? And just a moment of silence to connect with the breath, I think is just such a powerful thing. It can be very hard for people, but for me, that's one of my favorite practices. And then getting out in nature, like nature is so healing to me. That's one of my favorite things to do. So, and the place where I feel like the most myself and connected Mm -hmm. to my highest self and connected to my vision is just outside in nature, maybe hugging a tree. (laughs) I like to touch (laughs) some trees and really feel the energy. Yeah, for sure. I relate to that so much. Just last Sunday, I don't know what was going on. I was just like picking at my husband, like trying to have some sort of fight about I don't even know what. And I was like, you know what? I am not feeling myself and I need to get myself in nature and have a hike. And just like 20 minutes in, I was able to realize that I wasn't breathing deeply, taking a few deeper breaths, and then like also look around at the vastness of how beautiful everything is. It just helps put things in perspective so clearly. (laughs) The best. And it's making me just feel so grateful right now for living near the beach because that's my new spiritual practice. Like to, I love meditation and I, I do like to meditate at the beach. But the other day I was like, I don't want to have my eyes closed. Like I need to look at this like beauty (laughs) in front of me, you know, and just like witness the waves and just the sky and how everything comes together. So nature is so healing for me as well. And also for me, I love breath work. So I, I love going to breath work ceremonies, doing breath work in my home. For me, like if I want to connect to my intuition, breath work takes me there like immediately. I'm Mm. three, four minutes in and it's like, I'm just getting so many messages that feel so aligned to my authenticity. So that's my favorite. Like that's going to be my lifetime practice, no doubt. Mm, I love that. And the beach, the ocean, one of the most, so I had a burnout in November, 2020. And then in December, So obviously middle of the pandemic, we went to Florida because my husband's family lives there and we were supposed to stay for two weeks and we stayed for five months because of how just like healing it was the having so much sunshine, being able to float in the salty water. Like every day I remember I would go really early in the morning in the water and just float in that, like just the aspect of floating, what it does from a lymphatic system perspective is like, yeah, it's so, so beautiful. So I'm very happy for you that you have Thank that Thank you. Yes, <laughs> me too. My nervous system is like, ah, we can relax now, you know, like we can get centered and grounded mm-hmm. again. So yeah, I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. So we've talked about like the nudges of, hey, you know, start listening to them. Some of the tools in terms of how you can connect to them if you're feeling like you're not really connecting to them. And then now that we're on the other side, I think that there can be this feeling like, oh, okay, everything's perfect on the other side. It looks so beautiful and you're living an aligned life and and it is beautiful, right? <laughs> and and there is so much joy and happiness in it. 
there's also parts of it that aren't that glamorous and that aren't that talked about that much. And whether that's like having a side job to keep the purpose happening, whether it's moving back in with your family, like there's so many different things that can happen. And I'm curious if you two would be willing to share some of the not so glamorous parts of living an aligned life. Yeah, there are many. And I feel like they're not as talked about, you know? I mean, what comes up for me first is just how previous to this, right? You're living your life in quote unquote alignment with society's expectations. And it's really hard to walk away from that. Even when you know that you're meant to. I don't have any regret at all, but it definitely is challenging to think, okay, what if this doesn't work out? What if this isn't, you know, the best path that I could have taken? What if, what if, what if, what if? So I think that, you know, I'd certainly be lying if I said that those kind of thoughts don't come into my head. They're certainly not the majority, but I definitely reflect on that. I also think, you know, starting your own business is so hard, so challenging. I mean, right now, my desire would be that I would have a thriving coaching business and it will be 100% of my time, but that's not the case. I am having a, you know, career change to support my ultimate true career change of being a full-time life coach. So I'm on a stepping stone path, which previous to this, I was just in, you know, a very successful job making a lot of money. And now I'm making significantly less money than I used to and having to readjust my life in a lot of ways. So that a lot of challenges have come with that for sure. But the pros override the cons, but it doesn't mean that they're not there, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, I think one of the biggest challenges that I've experienced since taking that leap of quitting my job and then starting my own business is uh, the limiting beliefs and self-sabotaging thoughts that come up. Like if you don't stay grounded and connected to your purpose and like why you did the thing that you did, those limiting beliefs are sneaky, right? They'll try to come in and sabotage you and all the things that you did. So I think one thing for me was actively learning to rewire how my brain was in order to allow me to have success. So when I quit, it's like I had all of these limiting beliefs. It's like, you're never going to be successful. You're not going to make money. You're going to be on the street. Like, you know, you're going to fail. And like, they were so loud. But then over time, I just started rewiring and rewiring and just thinking a new way because I knew that those beliefs were not going to get me to where I desired to be. But also, yeah, what Sarah said, like, it's hard. Like, this is hard work. It's not only just trying to build a business. We're changing our mindset, like, completely about, like, how we saw life. And the thing that's come through a lot lately for me is on this entrepreneurial journey is just, like, keep going. Keep going. Because I'm one in, a year and a half in, almost two years in on having my own business if I'm already here, like, where am I going to be when I keep going two years, when I keep going three years, five years, like, it's going to get easier. But I think so many people who are on this path, they just give up at six months because it doesn't work. So I think that fear also came in of like, what will people think of me if I do fail and it doesn't work out and they were all right. And 
I think a lot of uh, opinions is something that affect me of other people. So learning just to quiet opinions and just believe in yourself. And along those lines, I think as you're on this journey, as I'm on this journey, community is so freaking important. Who you surround yourself with is so important. So if you are surrounded by people who, you know, are working jobs they hate, living for the weekend, going out and drinking and like being hungover and like being in this like toxic pattern where they don't enjoy their lives, what is that going to mean for me? I truly believe that like you are an average of the five people you surround yourself with. So I learned that I needed to surround myself with other people who were inspiring me and people who had bigger dreams for me than myself. (laughs) And uh, I think that's been just like something that's been very transformative is like checking my circle and uh, getting with people who are living the lives that I want to live. Yeah, I love that. I think another aspect of the community is also like, what kind of support system do you have? Are you in therapy? Are you with a life coach? Are you, yeah, working with, I don't know, a motivational coach? There's so many different people you can work with nowadays to help you and, you know, create the dream that you want to create and the life you want to live. I think the limiting beliefs as entrepreneurs can be so loud, especially when we are in the work that the three of us are, which is really the services are yourself, right? Like it's such personal, heartfelt work that it can feel like very easy to jump back into like, wait, but am I good enough to do this? Like, do people really want to work with me? Like, can I provide them value and what they're in need of? And as you said, it's not just creating a business in terms of like the logistics aspect of it. It's a lot about rewiring your brain. I always say that my entrepreneurial journey is what started my spiritual awakening. And for me, it was, you know, in my early 20s, because during that time, even though I started a business, it was very different. (laughs) And it wasn't, um, it was beautiful. And there was a lot of things I aligned with. But I also felt in what I actually think is maybe like a victim mentality, a victim mindset that a lot of us can find ourselves in. And especially people that are living for the weekend, it's like, oh, I hate this, but like whatever. I just, you know, it's giving me the money so that I can go on my whatever trip this weekend. And so also getting out of this mindset of like, I don't have a choice. I just have to. There's no other way. And being able to see the things we're speaking and surrounding yourself with people that are going to be able to reflect that back to you being like, you know, every week when we hang out, you tell me that you hate your job. Like I had that where I, so originally I'm French. I had a lot of friends whenever I would go back to Europe and I would be like telling them the same thing, like a year later, a year later. And they're like, you know, like it's really cool what you're building and you're, you've grown so much and there's so many things that you guys are doing, but like, do you want to do this? Like, are you happy doing this? And that was so helpful to have people reflect some of those things back to me. Great friends, right? Like, because a lot of people live in a place where like they complain about their jobs. Oh my goodness. Me included for so many years. And people just kind of feed off of that energy with each other. You know, Um, I certainly saw myself in that too. 
of just this kind of cycle, like, wait, I think I'm just saying the same thing again and again and again and again. Like, when am I going to get off this merry-go-round, you know? And getting off of it, you're like, whoa, how was I stuck on that ride for so long? Because now I'm free. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's something you said just there that, like, I've had to come to terms with, which is seeing what I did to myself. Like in making those choices every day and that led to me burning out, that led to having so many issues, which also led me to truly find my vitality and create the different things that I'm creating now. So I am grateful for the whole process, but there was a part of me that had to be like, just give that girl a whole lot of grace because I was judging myself so much for like, how did you do that for so many years and create your own unhappiness for so long. I'm curious if that resonates with either of you. Yeah, it makes me a little sad for her, (laughs) that version of me, because I think she was just in so much pain and suffering and just like not wanting to live the day, literally. But now I feel like I'm also so grateful for her because I think I had to experience that. Like I had to go through those hard times. I'm a true believer in like everything happens for a reason. And like that happened for me, not to me, Mm -hmm. but I learned so much and I like built so much grit in like experiencing what I did. So I think like, even though there's like sadness of what I experienced then I'm also like, she's so badass. Like she made it through and like now I'm here and I'm like just so proud. Like there's just this sense of just so proud that you can go through something that's so difficult and then come out alive and thrive. And that's just a beautiful thing about life. Yes. I love that. Yeah, I agree. But I think it took me a while to get to the point where I could be loving those versions of myself that were really, really like just waking up and choosing to self-sabotage, subconsciously self-sabotaging. But yeah, keeping me stuck in those negative patterns and behaviors and just, you know, everything that was keeping me stuck. And I felt like totally, I was in such a victim mindset of, you know, not this is happening for me, but this is happening to me. And, you know, just like in that cycle. And I had to do so much work to get to the point where I, I'm like, you know what, those versions of myself, I was doing the best that I could with what I, the tools that I had. You know, it's one of my favorite sayings. Like that's what, that's, that's all I could do, you know? And now I feel like I'm doing a lot of work on integrating you know, as I've evolved, like integrating those parts of me with love versus with, um, you know, resentment in a way, like, or sadness. But it takes so much work because I feel like it's so easy for us to kind of punish those past versions of ourselves. Yeah, 100%. And it can be, as you're saying, like, there is an aspect of integrating that's so important for us to be able to celebrate, right? And be proud of ourselves and also like really process what happened in order to not do it again and to like fully transform into that new version of ourselves. I'm curious if there's people that are listening to this and feeling like there is misalignment, if there are any tools that 
you have in your toolboxes that can help them. Um, I'll just share one of mine that helped me really see. Well, one I have to say is my husband. He is like the most direct (laughs) person (laughs) I've met, which sometimes can be really painful and also really, really useful because I remember it was Labor Day weekend, 2020, and I cried the whole weekend. Uh, it was a long weekend, and it was also the time where we had the fires in San Francisco, which was crazy. Um, we ended up going to San Diego for the weekends, and then there was fires there. And I just remember feeling really, really depressed and crying, crying, crying. And he was like, you cry every weekend. Like, you have, like, this insane intensity on the week where you don't take a pee break, to, like, between calls, and it's like – okay, thank you so much. Oh, hi, how are you? Like, it was just like continuous end call, start call, end call, start call. And then on the weekend you cry because you're so unhappy. And so that was really helpful to have somebody that's like reflecting that back to me, even though it was really hard to hear at the time. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm crying. Just hold me. (laughs) Don't tell me that I'm crying. And then there was another tool, which is the morning pages exercise, right? Which is just every morning, like writing whatever is going on in in your head and journaling. And that was really helpful to see that I would be like, one of the things I used to always write is, I feel like I need five cups of coffee to wake up and to get my machine going. And then I kept reading that and I was like, wow, I drink a lot of coffee just to like feel like I'm awake and ready because I just really didn't want to be doing what I was doing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Journaling is like one of my favorites of how I feel like I kind of started to understand my misalignment. I spent so much time journaling and reflecting. I think that one of my biggest tools, and I guess it's kind of a topic that could have a lot of tools, but it really is what guided me to why I had this misalignment in my life was a lot of inner child work and understanding how I got to the place that I even had such deep misalignment in my life because I felt like I needed, like I could feel the, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right. But like, why doesn't it feel right? Why do I feel like I have to be doing this even though it doesn't feel right? So like unraveling through so many, you know, journaling, meditating, doing visualizations of like inner child work totally like blew my world open of, oh, wow, okay, I'm here because I'm a perfectionist and here's why I'm a perfectionist because in my young childhood, I was driven towards these things for acceptance for So there was so much like deep work that I had to do there that then when I got to that understanding, it made it so much easier for me to take a step forward to alignment and to also see Mm. what is alignment for me because I was able to kind of like think of like cobwebs, like you're going into a, you know, old attic or something (laughs) and like cleaning out the things that are just not you, you know, like cleaning out your mom's beliefs, your dad's beliefs, your grandparents' beliefs, the shit that never even belonged to you, but got coded into you. So that's what like burst me open to 
okay, this is why I'm misaligned and now I'm going to get aligned, find alignment. Hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, for me, I would say listen to your body. Our bodies tell us so much. And when you start to have the sense of self-awareness of your mind, your body and slowing down, it will tell you what it needs. So for me, it was feeling that anxiety and me feeling that I no longer wanted to feel that. So that feeling of anxiety started trickling in these questions. Okay, why am I feeling anxious? Okay, maybe I'm feeling anxious because I have to give a presentation and I'm afraid to speak in front of people. And now I'm feeling like I'm not good enough. Or maybe I'm anxious because now I have to go and talk to this group of people that like I've never had a conversation with before. And, you know, just start to ask yourself, Mm -hmm. what is your body feeling? And why is it feeling that way? And once you can start, I think, to get clear on the why of like, what is happening here? You know, you can go back to like, you know, Sarah, what you said, like, okay, where did I experience this in childhood? For me, my first coach that I had after I quit my job and started my own business, she had us do this tool. Like it's called like a belief transformation tool where we identified limiting beliefs that we had about ourselves and then began to reverse that belief. So it could be like, I'll never be a successful business owner is a limiting belief that keeps coming up, preventing me from being who I want to be. And so every single day, rewiring that, rewiring the subconscious mind to say, I am a successful business owner and creating Mm -hmm. evidence of why that is possible. That tool was so helpful for me because I started seeing these limiting beliefs and then started knocking one off at a time and seeing how capable I am, seeing how possible it is for me to live the life that I want to live. So I would just leave that with people is like, check your body, check the stories you're telling yourself and start creating stories that work for you and getting you to your highest self and getting you to your dream self and live your best life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. That was so beautiful. And I think it's, I mean, you're both obviously reflections of that, of having learned to, you know, listen to the nudges, to do the hard work that isn't very glamorous. And that is like cleaning up the attic so that we can then, yeah come out the other side and thrive and then continue, right? The, the work never ends. I'm a big believer in that the journey continues, and but it keeps being brighter and brighter uh, on the other side. So this has been such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for being here. We end every show with just a few questions. So I'll split it up and ask each one of you some of these little, they're not really rapid fire. You can take your time (laughs) in answering them. But let's start with you, Hannah. What are you saying no to these days? Mm, What am I saying no to these days? I'm saying no to things that don't, that aren't a hell yes in my body. So Mm -hmm. foods that make me feel bad, consuming heavy amounts of alcohol, like anything that's going to make me feel bad after I'm saying no to. I love that. That's beautiful. Sarah, what are you doing that's helping you unlock your vitality these days? Oh, another good one. These are great. So I am prioritizing self-care in many amounts. And I feel like that is actually allowing me to unlock my vitality even more than how I used to think about self-care, which would be like, I need to like do like 
a two hour like ritual and, you know, or go to the (laughs) spa or do something that really took up a lot of time. And I feel like now that I'm integrating these mini moments, like I'm trying to be much more thoughtful about how I'm doing my skincare in the morning or like I'm doing something for about 10 minutes at night that makes me feel really, really like filling my cup. And I feel like that's just allowing me to project like that self-love in vitality form, energy form. Hmm. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, I'll stick with you and then I'll end end, uh, with Hannah. What is one piece of advice that you would tell your younger self if you could? Hmm. Let me think about that for a second. Lead with love over fear. I feel like that was like my theme of the last two years Mm -hmm. and what my youngest, younger self, past versions of myself needed to hear the most because I allowed fear to take the driver's seat of my life. And I never even really understood the concept, honestly, now that I'm saying this, of what leading with love really even meant. And now that I understand that, I feel like, yeah, the past versions of myself needed to hear that support. But that's what I'm integrating within me now. So it's okay. It was meant to go this way. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's beautiful. All right. And then Hannah, what is one, it can be like a really small habit, very like tiny change that you have done in your life that has created a large amount of impact to your well-being? Gratitude. Every single day, gratitude practice. Every single day, I'm going to repeat that. Every single morning when I wake up, thinking and saying out loud five things that I'm grateful for. It's the best way to start the day because you're starting the day on abundance, seeing how many amazing things that you have And I just encourage everyone to do it because it will raise your vibration every single day and start your day off on an amazing foot. Yes. (laughs) The kitty agrees. He's like, (laughs) more power to that. (laughs) I love that. That's a perfect way to end. (laughs) Thank you both so much for coming on and sharing your beautiful light. Um, and I will add all the links for people to follow you and to find your podcast. We also did an episode like a swap episode. Um, so we'll share all those things on socials, but thank you both so very much. Thank you so much. It's been beautiful. (laughs) All right. Bye guys. See you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you loved it. I hope you connected with Hannah and Sarah. And if you're enjoying the show, feel free to rate and review, share it with a friend, post it on social media. All of those things go a really, really long way to help share the show. I cannot believe that we are in November And we basically have four weeks left of the show. I'm going to take just a few weeks at the end of the year, beginning of new year, uh, for a little break until we start again. But yeah, there's still four weeks left. I just can't believe it. It's going by so, so fast. I'm sending you guys so much love and I'll see you next week. Bye.